Okay, welcome to this episode 2. Uh, today, we actually have our guest here, Kaiwen from SonicWorks Studios. So if you all don't know, SonicWorks Studios is actually... Uh, SonicWorks Production. Sorry. Production, bro. SonicWorks Production. Spelled with an E and a Z. Yes. So SonicWorks is actually a home recording studio that actually has worked with uh, recording and producing bands such as Remnants, Kyra, Dara, C, Vision, Arc, and provides all kinds of like audio engineering services. Yes. He has also, he has also win multiple uh, near the, near the mix, mix, mixing yes. contest, which oh, is a mixing contest held monthly. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, how, how many times did you win? Uh, I like, have to check first. my resume for that. Wow, shit, lost count already. I think shit. got six or seven what times. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like half of your plugins is from? Uh, all my Drumforge plugins, all, most of my Joy Surgis plugins right. are from there. La. Sponsored by? Well, yes. that means you, technically you like, earn back all your subscription yeah, money. Just, just More this, than that, yeah. Just this Toon Track one, yeah. I earned uh, back my one year already. Because the whole bundle yeah. is like near 1,000. Oh wait, the Toon Track one? 1,000? Because the actual Superior Drama itself is like 400, near 500 Oh yeah, Superior Drama then is... Then got the expansion. That's, Death and Darkness. Yeah, that's like 270. Shit. Then they gave uh, the Metal Machinery and uh, she was the other one. I don't remember the last one. What, the four? Yeah, four wow. expansions. Damn, Damn. son. Shout, shout out to your, shout out to URM, yeah. Unstoppable yeah. Recording Machine. Yeah. So Neodermix. basically, yeah, yeah, just give a quick shout out and backstory. So Neo Mix is basically like a monthly uh, subscription thing where they send you uh, stems for a professionally recorded song. Then you get to mix the song and there'll be a competition at the end of the month. Huh? So yeah. that one here actually has a, it's a winner for like, I so basically there's a poll, yeah. uh, anonymous poll and basically everyone, the subscribe, subscribers have to actually vote for their favorite mixes. And he has won like six or seven times already. Yeah, throughout and, uh, my course. We were just saying the last, the last one, he actually won like the whole bundle of Super Drama, uh, drum software. Yeah. That yeah. was like the biggest prize. Mm. I think the second biggest prize was for the Architects Man. Architects Man. That was for uh, Torpedo Reload, I think. Oh, mm. wait. I don't see it anymore. Oh, it's with Noiview now. <laughs> oh, that's the one. Uh. Yeah, because I don't use it. I, I, uh. Yeah, I don't really use it. Uh, so myself just... <laughs> so the 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 super drama was for what which artist uh? Uh, the, suicide silence oh suicide silence Tio yeah. Madsen yeah shout out Tio Madsen you're the best suicide the silence drums. yeah so anyway we'll just lead into like the first question or first topic we're gonna talk about so actually we're gonna start by exploring like the backstory of how how you got started in in this whole audio journey uh, like how oh. this is the backstory in your law of yourself okay how to yeah. get to where you are today as Sonic Works Explain in greatest colorful detail. Oh, that's a very... RPG style. That's a very nice question. <laughs> okay. So before everything started, right? I wanted to be a rock star, like a lot of people, you know? So I studied hard for O-level. Miraculously, I got like 10 points. Then I got into DMAT. If you don't know what's DMAT, it's like Music and Audio Technology. I went in, I wanted to be a rock star. It's uh, Singapore Poly, right? Yeah, Singapore Poly. I wanted to be a rock star. I go in right there, I realize, wow, shit, man. The other people are too tired already. Uh. <laughs> then I'm like, uh, I think just give up. Uh. Then somehow in the middle of my whole three years of study there, right, I found this audio thing. Uh. Uh, I, I sucked at it at first. Uh. Then around year two, I think, I sort of got like, kind of like, Got the hang of it. Like, then I try to like, explore more. Then that was 
around that period, we don't have a lot of resources yet. Mm. That was around 2012, I believe. 2011, 2012. Oh. I think the only resource we have was like the Chango Forum and the… Chango Forum. Uh, uh, and this need. Okay, okay. And this need Forum, yeah. So all my samples were from there. <laughs> and then the only, exp- the only drum sample back, back then was like tune track stuff. Mm. There wasn't any… Uh, like get good drums or anything like that. Yeah, this was even before like Joey Sergi Stones. Yeah, that was like everybody was using Steven State samples. Uh, yeah. Back then. Kick 10, <laughs> snare 12, eh? Ten, snare 12. The Best combo. Combo. And yeah, so I was basically I gave up on the guitarist thing. Uh. Then I focused more on audio law, then I hang out more on the forums than I did in school. Uh. So like during school I also served in this new forum one. <laughs> But the, the curriculum in like DMAT is is was it more biased towards like the audio? I, I, I would say it's more to musician side of the things. Musician. Like the throughout the whole three uh three years, uh, the only I think we only have one module that is uh, related to recording. So it's a like, recording and mix, mixing techniques, uh, but you don't learn much there. Oh, okay. So it's really like the very basic stuff. Mm. You learn how to Use EQ and learn how to compress. Uh, I think the most advanced technique there was like parallel compression <laughs> and patching a distressor. But then the dis- distressor was like spot one. <laughs> it's not working. The LEDs don't even work. Yeah, then... So, year two, then... There was an assignment, I think. I don't remember which year it was. Where we had to record and replicate a song of your choice. So basically, you have to record from scratch uh, everything. Mm. You have to try to record and mix it in a way that it sounds as close to the original as possible. Mm. So that's when I learned more about mixing than I think the other times that I've been in DMAT. So, because that was when I learned how to experiment with stuff. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so in DMAT, they don't teach you like how to break the rules. Uh. They teach you a certain way you have to do certain things. Uh, like, I mean, in general, it's like that here. La. Okay. Then, I want to ask like, so for that, that module about the the mixing, right? Yeah. Were there any exams or? The, no, eh, no exams. But the you just have to show off your product and that's it. That's like the coursework. Uh. So that product was the that cover thing? Yeah. So it? every every uh semester, you get a different thing. But that mm. it was that particular assignment. Mm where I learned the most uh, because mm. uh, I, I'm very anal about myself uh, like quite <laughs> professionalism uh, so like, like not a lot of professionalism like, I got very it's, high standards of yeah, myself uh, perfectionist so, yeah very perfectionist yeah. then uh, so I cannot settle for anything not an A uh, last <laughs> so so I like, like I forced myself uh, then I learn in school they don't teach you stuff like reamping and stuff like that mm. so I had to learn what is reamping by myself eh? because uh, I don't have the the like you know the studio times are all shared by the whole course right so mm. they give priority to like the the people doing FYP and stuff ah. so uh-huh. sometimes we cannot book then we know time already so we have to record at home lah. and then it was also during that period where I invested in audio interface so I can record at home like guitars and stuff what was the what was oh, the face? Uh, I I think a lot of people, a lot of you all listening, don't even know that uh, oh. it existed. It was a FireWire Sapphire Pro fourteen. 
Oh, okay, a, yeah, that's legendary. Nah, it didn't even survive, tank. you know. Scarlet survived already. Yeah. Sapphire don't even, didn't even survive, you know. We still, we still got our Sapphire. So. Yeah, so uh, that was a very shitty interface, by the way. But mm. uh, it, it got me through. <laughs> la, not too bad. <laughs> it got me through. La. Then, yeah, so I had to record the guitars at home then. I Because I don't have amps last time. I only got one like Black Star, mm. the HD5, I think. Yeah. Then, I don't have mics at that back then. So literally interface, then I got some cheap-ass computer speakers. I don't know for what. <laughs> then I learned reamping. Then just nice, uh, Cosmate, he had a reamp box. Uh. Mm. He bought like, literally he just bought. So I tried reamping with that. And it wasn't that good uh, because the school equipment all faulty as shit. Uh. <laughs> also reamp in the school. Yeah. Because the school got actually got quite good amps. I got, got some, I think, shit, Marshall Half Stack, then got mm. some Vox AC30, that kind of stuff. Uh. Better than what I had. Uh. Mm. Back then, also, don't have a lot of amp sims available. Am- yeah. I think we only got, had Amplitude. They did the pool. The pool, then. Uh, Maybe got the PV, P- PV Revolver. Uh, Revolver. That kind of stuff. But then it didn't really suit the uh, the things, uh, the Wait, idea. What was the song that you chose? For uh, it was Ellie Garden's Supernova. It's like a J-Punk thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. And you know, Japanese mixers are very bright and like, mm. like hyper-compressed. Right? Then I had to go for that vibe. Right? So uh, I think I used the AC30 for that. But then I don't know if it's the studio thing or like the patching thing in the studio. Right? Mm. The signal that came out from that, that the DI right that goes into the M, right? the re-M signal. Right? Mm. It's just noise or white noise. Right? <laughs> And then it was basically unusable, so oh. I had I just crank it louder and louder. <laughs> then got got some signal better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, it, the mixing is very trial and error. So I did a lot of weird unorthodox things. Uh. Like EQ moves you see already, you also like crucify me for it <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was also the first time I sample replaced something. Uh. Ooh. Ooh. So you actually did like Live drums? Yeah, we had to do live drums. Oh, it's a must. Yeah, because studio can record us, so they make you do. So but who, who played the drums? Like? Oh, shout out to Fireweed. Oh, Fireweed, Fireweed is my drummer yeah. of choice. Is he was the same cost- batch as you? Yeah. Nice. Best drummer. No one Fireweed. knows. Fireweed. I love you. Weed. So did you, what was the grade for that assignment? Oh, glad you asked. <laughs> Was nothing short of an A. Ooh. Uh, uh, that, that was my only proud achievement, I think, for the whole three years. My recording and mixing techniques was all A. La. Sick. Yeah, I don't know if it's their standards low or I'm good, la, but <laughs> I I like to think that I'm good, la, but maybe maybe standards are just low. La. But actually, what, what kind of other modules are there other than the recording? We had, okay, f- we had music theory, uh, musicianship, which is like performing mm. stuff. And then we had to learn keyboard on, in year one. Like keyboard mm. skills, I think. That's what they call it. And then we had to learn Asian music. Asian yeah, music. Yeah, so like Indian stuff like that. Chinese oh. stuff. We had to go watch concerts on that. Wow. For an assignment, you know. And then write a report on it. <laughs> then, uh, oh, we also had electronic stuff. Mm. Like like uh, creating synthesizers from scratch. Uh, like some programming stuff. Uh. It's called what? PD, uh, pure data. 
or something like that. Oh, is it make the synthesizer? The yeah, so it's literally like like normal programming like Java, that kind of stuff, mm. right? You got this blank sheet, right? Then you literally had to code your own synthesizer. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, okay. but it was it was hell, man. <laughs> we had to do like random drum machines. Drum machines? Yeah. Oh. So, uh, can, you make a, can you make any like plugins oh. from that module? No. <laughs> I only can make like random drum sounds. Random drum sounds. Or oh, like random arpeggiator. <laughs> no, no Sonic Works tones anytime soon. Maybe soon. Maybe. Yeah, no. Maybe. All the plugins are made already. I cannot make any more new one. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to understand where like the value of like your whole poly education or where do you see the value it provide you? Uh, okay, uh, definitely not the education side but it's more of the connections I guess. Mm. Because through this whole DMAT I met a lot of people. Man, uh, shout out to my current girlfriend and my girlfriend since poly. <laughs> yeah, always it? with me. Very good, very good. You're the best. Uh, then, then I met people like Billy, uh, Firewit. You know, and my lecturers they are quite supportive also. Mm. Yeah. Then it's because Singapore music scene very small, right? So mm. the and then DMAT is like for musicians, uh, as you know. Yeah, true. So when they come, when we all come out, right? Everybody like you go to Bay Beats, you see you see people you know playing already. Mm. You know, it's just you know them lah. Then they know you or they know what you do, what you what you're good at lah. Basically, um, right, right. Yeah. So it's not like after graduation, then you just become strangers. I know some industries like that one yeah, like you, they they think of it as competitors, but I feel like here, right, everybody is quite. I mean, there's still some competitiveness here and there, But I feel mm. like in general, it's very close knit, in Singapore. Nice, nice. Actually, that's just what we like in the first episode. We just talk about like the drama community, quite quite close knit. Mm. Especially, I think it's it's quite evident in like the smaller demographics, uh, Then you really get a very very niche down yeah, in yeah. certain areas. Mm. Yeah, then it, it tends to be a bit more closer, I guess. Yeah, they say like six degrees of separation, but like in Singapore, it's probably like two or three. Mm, yeah, correct. You can get to anyone. Really. Yeah, it's. I feel like because Singapore is very, it's really very small at the scene. Yeah, you offend someone, you offend everybody. Obviously, <laughs> but one thing also is like, I always see on forums and let's say in America, uh, where people say they are stuck in like a small town and the population oh. is like what five figure high. Uh, and they say that they can't get any work, but then also like. I mean, the whole country is uh, how many millions? Are, like, yeah, because million. they actually but, they can move out of their state right, yeah, if they want to. Like, but then they, they don't want to leave their comfort zone. But we are mm. stuck here, you know? I mean, technically, <laughs> we can move can, to US also and like but access the them, population. Let's there. say New York move to like Texas, yeah, like, like, like Nashville or something. It's like different from us it's moving like from to the US. Going to <laughs> 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 it's very different, yeah. yeah. I mean, our country is very dense, uh, but yeah. that, that's it. Yeah. The, uh, the music scene it's just that few bands are mm. now, you know. Yeah, go away the, the ecosystem yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's a life cycle here. I feel. Although I remember someone yeah. said before, like, uh, is is easy to become the top of like anything in Singapore? Quite yeah. If you actually put in an effort, la. So yeah. yeah, that's that's quite true. Also, mm. I believe it's like achievable. Also, la. But the ceiling. How high is the scene? That is a different, mm, yeah. different issue really. Lor. That's why uh, I always tell bands and I also tell myself uh, like don't compare yourself to local stuff uh, because local stuff means nothing to the outside world. True, true. 
the your real competitor is not like within this country or like within this region. Your real competitors is outside selling like millions of records, that kind of people, you know. Yeah, that's why like, yeah. like okay, controversial take a time cringe when people say support local. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think you just need to support good music, lah. Yeah, I mean some music is not very good out here, but just because it's local music doesn't mean you have to support it lah. You can support it in a way that like don't blindly tell them it's good lah. Mm. If it's bad, right, just give good just give good feedback, like constructive feedback. Mm. If it's really bad, lah, I mean don't 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 insult them lah, but yeah. just give say in a nice way. Lah. Spread yeah. positivity. Yeah. Twenty twenty already. <laughs> don't let the negativity <laughs> eat you up. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, like after your poly education, mm. what what? Oh. So what happened? What what Every, did you do? Everybody's favorite. I mean, male's favorite, NS. NS. Then oh. NS, right? Uh, I was lucky I got posted into a stay out unit. And then that was when I did my first real record. Oh. Uh, I got a gig to record this Chinese rock band. Because I know the guitarists. Uh, and that was my actual first paid, I would say paid full gig. Uh, where I had to... Well, like I was responsible for the whole thing. Uh. Mm. And then it was very stressful because of NS and everything. Uh. So I had to grind very late hours. And then I had to learn how to edit on my own. So back then I didn't know how to edit. Mm. So I learned how to do sleep editing on Reaper by myself. I mean, I re- it was an album somehow. So I had to edit the drums, guitars, bass, vocals all by myself. And then during weekdays, I would usually work until 3, 4 a.m. I think. Oh, then after that, I sleep two hours, I go camp already. Check. Yeah, then I go to camp, I just sleep the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> then I come back, I do the, I repeat all. So basically, I work at night. Uh. Then I go camp sleep. Also known as moonlighting. Oh, no, no. Uh. Not moonlighting. No, not moonlighting. I mean death. <laughs> They're lying. I'm uh, not moonlighting. Okay, then, Moonworking. Uh, yeah, so uh, that one was a lot of hard work and then uh, I didn't track vocals and drums. They went to Beep Studios to track. Oh, okay. Because back then, I didn't have like mics and shit. Like that. Mm. So I only had like guitar, DI, so you, you Countryman. Like- <laughs> yeah, then, I wasn't good at mastering back then. So I suggested to the band. Uh, and then, I think they got a budget for you also. Uh, so I suggested to them send, send it outside for mastering. Uh, then, I think they sent it to Troy Glasner. The, the guy who did uh, August Burn Street and stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Then I I thought his master was quite good, uh, better than I could ever do. Uh. So from then on, I, I'm like, if you all got budget, if bands got budget, try to send outside. Uh. Mm. Although now maybe different. Uh. Now I'm more anal about stuff. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then uh, after that, right, I think the next real the next band that I did was like way after already because that whole album took that whole process took few months ah. mm. because everybody working there I got NS also so I only could track on weekends mm. and then by the end of it I was near ORD already and then after ORD I was working like part time for Luther Music ah. uh-huh. and then that was when I knew People like Jazz, Jazzreel from Causeway Youth and Islam from Dara, who also uh, mixes stuff nowadays. <laughs> hey, 
don't steal my business ah, Islam. Shout out to... I just want to go back a bit. Like, the... That, I think that first breakthrough or like your first project, that oh. kind of thing. Uh-huh. There's some... There's some mistake to it. Like, like how, how does... If someone were to oh. start mixing or want to get into mixing, how do they actually get their... First... Okay. For what I observe, I think there's like a trend here. Like, usually it's... It's based on personal connection first. Yes. Mm. But then, uh, if you want to get into mixing, I tell you first, don't come in. Uh. <laughs> it, it's not... It's not. Uh, if you're not prepared to work the hours, then don't come in. Uh. It's not It's not, not your typical 9 to like 6 job. You really have to work your ass off. Uh. Then, But then, I think connection is the most important aspect of everything. Uh. It's not necessarily about your skills although your skills do play a part mm. but then most from what I know most bands they will the first thing they will ask is their friends oh. mm. basically they'll ask their friends who you record with mm. and then good or not that kind of stuff uh. yeah. like even if you buy other stuff right if you want to buy your own personal stuff you'll ask your friend got experience now first right yeah. Yeah. or you read reviews online that kind of stuff yeah, yeah so the first thing is you have to have good connection also. I was lucky because I knew the guitarist from I shit, I think it was from my girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. And then kind of like I knew him then after he also know what my girlfriend also got like advertised that I do recording and stuff. But uh, okay. back then I wasn't that good. La, so I, I pay say. And she tell she tell people I record. I was like, hey, don't, don't, don't. Then and that really is like through your girlfriend who was from who you met in DMAT. Yeah. So, because she more, how to say, she's more outgoing. Uh, mm. So she dare to tell people about that. But I quite introverted. I don't like to like. Mm. Yeah, I broadcast you know, that I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> I know, I, I, I'm not that kind of person. Uh. Right, so right. it's not, it's not my job. Uh. Then I, <laughs> I, and I, like, I'm sure you also got that feel like, yeah, like feel yeah. like you're very inadequate also. Like you're mm, not the, up for that project, right? Yeah, I think it's quite common. Like, yeah. like imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. Like, you, you always feel that you're not good enough for this project or like mm. you cannot deliver then how yeah or you like screw that, up that screw that up yeah. yeah might not be it was it was be. I think it's you have to take that very first step out of your comfort zone then after mm. that it kind of gets easier over time yeah definitely it's like a it's like a practice thing as well yeah you have to like really get yourself out there then yeah. really try to do like something that you haven't done before so even though it might really scare you kind of thing my, I, I, if I could go back like eight years or something and tell myself, right, just something, right, it would be like just just go out there and just screw up. Uh. Yeah. Because if you don't screw up, you don't learn. Uh. Mm. Throughout my, I don't know how many years, a few years, uh, I also mess up quite a bit of time, uh, but you have to learn from your mistakes. So you can't expect yourself to come out then know everything. Mm. You, will, you will surely mess up one. Like mm. before I, recorded that band right the first band that I ever uh, ever did right I was like oh and my mixes up to standard like can it match like anything in the industry and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I was always comparing la. then mm. I always feel like it's lacking in some ways or like I need the next new plug-in to like help me elevate it to the next <laughs> level that kind of stuff then I realized right the, the actual thing that's holding me back is like myself ah uh, mm. So after that first band, right, then it kind of got easier. Lor. So, like, when I heard that, that people are like, eh, actually not bad, eh? quite nice. Right? Then I'm like, oh, hang on, hang on. 
then right. okay at least I'm, I'm at least I'm not like messing up ah messing up too bad yeah you know so it's that very first step la. like mm. now it's quite second nature la. right right but at the point of time do you, do you have really have like a portfolio of works or is, was it kind of like a leap of faith for them to uh, so uh, if you count like random covers you found on the internet uh, as portfolio then yeah, it counts as well, uh. but yeah. it was mostly like random midi drum shit uh. I think I heard before like some of your SoundCloud clips yeah it's, it's all the SoundCloud oh shit and I never did it oh, not SoundCloud it's, <laughs> it's very it's very bad but is it still up? I think so <laughs> no shame uh. I mean yeah. everybody starts somewhere so yeah. I listen to my screw ups uh. nice nice uh, then so yeah, yeah, I think I think one way, one good way right to help yourself improve also is to like just put your mixers out there. Mm. Like, especially if it's like on like those stem sharing groups, right? You just if people put something, you just post out there, then you just ask people for crits and stuff. Yeah. Don't be afraid of like criticism. Ah. Mm. Because if people if all people tell you is like good things, right, then I feel like myself don't ask. Yeah, right, so I just like... ask myself <laughs> I can tell myself it's good but then if other people tell me it's good then what's the point sir? I want you to tell me that it's bad I want you to tell me that I can improve on something mm. of course in a nice way I don't like straight out tell me it sucks it will hurt my feelings yeah, you know? constructive and... yeah. I, also, I also think also it's like good to put a mix out there to like get a different perspective sometimes yeah. you but be doing a mix too long and you like kind of lose perspective yeah and someone can like easily hear something that you're not hearing. Yeah, especially like, like if you work on it for like like ten hours straight. Oh. Yeah. Wow. At that point, I will just give up. I will just close mm. the project and just go to the gym or something. <laughs> I just give up. I don't mix it for like two days. Nice. Yeah. So after education, you like work for a while as uh uh I would say freelance and part time uh, because yeah. uh during NS I was also working for Luther Music uh, right, right. doing live sound gigs uh. mm. Back then, because if I were to just keep my income on like recording gigs, oh, I cannot survive once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one band in a year. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so live gigs was the one that kind of pushed me, like helped me push through. Lor. Yeah. Shout out, actually, if you want to hear something that he makes live, you can check out No Rest for the Very Babies 2019. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so he did live sound for that. Yeah, yeah. and I think I'm also going to do live sound for Causeway Youth. Uh, 18th January, I believe, at same place, uh, Esplanade. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so now, after all that, uh, backstory, you're finally here at Sonic Works. Mm-hmm. So, uh, production. production. <laughs> <laughs> Copy your next production. No, okay. yeah, so, but Sonic Works started like what, two years ago? Two, three? Uh, officially, I would say. I still don't know why you're ask, asking me <laughs> these kind of tough questions oh my okay, god but, but, but I know it's a few years uh, it's around I think it's around near my either near the end of my NS or like after my NS right uh, back then I like random I was like coming out random names uh, then hmm. I'm like uh, since I'm doing audio I'm going to put Sonic right Sonic and, uh, like, then after that you know got a lot of I'm going to make things a bit more edgy right so put, <laughs> then I'm like working ma, so Sonic work right Sonic works like metal works ah, not uh-huh. then like Sonic works all then I'm like W O R K S not very nice and make it edgier a bit or like make it more cool ah. uh, not not cool actually it's quite quite nerdy ah, but <laughs> so I make it like W E R K Z ah. nice. yeah 
Then so there you go. History of the yeah. name. If you got a better name, tell me. I'm gonna change it. <laughs> you wanna change the name? I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it to Aonix. Aonix Studios. Maybe you got big things coming up. Oh, Aonis. Aonis. I'm, I cannot use X later, they copyright. Aonis. Yeah, so that brings us to like, like your whole sort of uh, this home studio kind of recording mm-hmm. uh, endeavor. So, actually, when it comes to like your, your how you do mixing, your recording, I just want to touch on like the philosophies that you have or practice for your home, your, for these Sonic Works productions. Uh. Oh. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen like this recent like interview with. Billie Eilish mm-hmm. and her brother. I think it's a Rolling Stones interview where they actually break down the song Bad Guy. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think one of the things interesting things is like nowadays you expect in pop music that everything will be edited to the grid. Mm-hmm. But actually they highlighted that the song was actually there was no auto-tune and oh yeah, yeah. yeah I heard about no, that. no uh, editing on that. Mm-hmm. So like it's quite refreshing to hear these sort of things but what's your take on like your recording mixing philosophies? Okay. Like any rules that, that you abide by? Mm. My, I actually don't really have any rules uh, but mm. the most important thing is you can play your part uh, and try not to plagiarize other bands. Uh. Uh, then for like editing and stuff like that if you can't play well I will edit you. Uh. Mm. Then I, I'm not that kind of purist where I go like extreme ends. If you can play I will try to edit it so it's tighter but it's not like you lose all that feel. It's not like the, the you know, like the Born of Osiris machine kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that kind. And I don't like to record like note by note that kind of stuff. I don't do that stuff. I will just, right. they just track. And then I try, uh, I try to track. Okay, like, I'll give you an example. Like for vocals, right? I don't mm. like to track maybe like one small phrase by one small phrase. Usually, if the vocalist can do it, I will do one section, one section. And then if we need to correct anything, we just punch in. Because it kind of keeps that vibe going. Mm. So one section is like one whole verse or like? Depends on how long it is. Uh, but at least for like, like singing stuff, right? Like more rock stuff. Yeah, I will just do verse, record, few takes. Mm. Pre-chorus, chorus. But for metal stuff, like screams and stuff, I know that they can't, can't hold that long uh, if mm. you want good take. So, only for metal stuff like screams, I will do phrase by phrase. Mm. I'll try to keep. That, I'll try to keep the uh, vibe, lah. Like speaking of that, like, like exactly what you said. Like sometimes metal stuff can be too tough, or mm-hmm. especially in the recording situation. But do you think, uh, like there's a lack of authenticity in recordings versus what they can actually do live? Because if let's say the vocalist can actually pull it off live, technically, if you come to the studio, he'll be able to do it. True recording as you have tools that mm-hmm. you can edit. So, are we kind of like pushing uh, like the, the lines of where authentic, the authenticity of music and like cheating is? Actually, we spoke to this in like episode one or so. Like, how, where do you think, where do you draw the line for like what should be real, what should be authentic versus what can be edited? Mm, truth is, I don't really care, but. Uh... Actually, so that means that like, your principle is more like if it sounds good. That's what you're. Yeah, if it sounds good, it's good, lah. But I don't, I don't care if you can play live or not because a live performance just lasts for that. How many minutes you're playing, right? Mm. It, provided you're not recording it, lah. But mm. for recording, it kind of lasts forever. So might as well just make the recording sound the best it could because that's what people will be playing through. 
mm. you know, keep playing. Like, let's say if you got, like, example, Billie Eilish, right? Her songs keep getting played throughout, right? Like, mm. every day, how many people loop her songs on? Then you imagine if she screw up one day, life, nobody will kind of like remember that, right? Like, they can't mm. really play back that, that experience. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really care about whether they can or cannot pull off life. I'll just do whatever sounds good for the record. La. Mm. I mean, I, I had a few people complain. I mean, not to me. La, that they say certain bands can't do certain stuff live. La, but <laughs> oh, that's your that opinion. So another thing is like, so a band comes in and then they say like, uh, they recorded like the song. Then mm-hmm. they say you want to add some additional stuff. And the band tells you like, uh, we don't have like the third guitarist to play that part live. So what do you say to them? I would just tell them this is a recording and we're not replicating live. If yeah. you're replicating live, then you might as well track everything live. live. Mm. Because right now you're tracking track by track. Right? It's not even live. That's not live. Mm. Then don't if you want to track live, then you might as well don't punch in anything, you just do one take. <laughs> True. But then I, I'm not so direct. Mm. But uh, there are but still the idea, uh, there are still people who do that, but then I will try to reason that it's more of a arrangement thing, I, I mm. would say. Because if you were to have Example, a guitar solo. If you want to replicate live, right? A guitar solo by the guitarist on the left, right? Then what the guitarist on the right is like playing power chords. Mm. It kind of like messes up your... Mm, uh, symmetry of like that. Yeah, so, so if you're listening on IEMs or headphones, it kind of like, you know, like it's leaning yeah. towards this because it's like this style is heavier. Mm. But then if you got the solo in the middle, it kind of captures the listener's attention more also. Mm. Yeah. So I... I would just reason that the kind of reasoning to them. La. Yeah. I mean, another thing is like harmonies. La. So oh. like, it's possible to duplicate yourself into two and do like, can, two I can create fake harmonies. <laughs> I yeah. mean, live, la, you cannot duplicate yourself. La. Backing tracks. Backing tracks. Shout out to backing Shout tracks. Out backing tracks. Drummers, you need backing tracks. <laughs> with click. I think I'll ask you is like, your thoughts on like, achieving like, overproduce sound and like keeping it raw. What was oh. your thoughts on that? Like, oh, it depends on the band, uh, but mm. like some bands like like uh, rem- remnants, uh, they kind mm. they got specific sound in mind, uh, So I try to deliver what they want. Uh, they want that 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 nasty bass tone and kind of stuff. Uh, so mm. I give them what they want. Uh, but I will usually have a vision already before I like like. May sometimes not before recording, I'm more like after recording or like during recording, I'll have like a vision of how the end product will kind of sound like. Then I will kind of like propose it. Mm. I'll find a mix that's similar. And then I will just propose. Then if they, the band doesn't really get it, I will try to do the mix first. Okay. Then if they don't like it, I will kind of like redo it. But this is in the mixing part already. Yeah. Okay. So I'll redo all that. I mean, but most bands they trust me lah. Now, mm. they trust me with knowing what. Like because how the end yeah, sound because like. sometimes they also don't know what they want. Mm. They just know that oh, you want to sound like a certain band, a certain band that kind of vibe. Mm. So, like example, not lose a different shade of blue, right? That kind of raw vibes, right? Mm. You want to sound like that, then means you know like You have to go very heavy on the guitar work mm. Then if they want like a super Andrew Wade kind of sound then it's, you know it's very very tight very produced sound la. so hello actually on this uh, I think like okay, I just need to I want to like sort of 
PSA this thing. Uh, I think bands that go to a certain mixer for to do a mixing or recording, they should be uh they should sort of expect that or should trust the mixer to actually deliver what the mixer wants to or rather what he stays uh that leads him to what he wants to mix. Uh. Yes. Rather than trying to if like, you want a nolly kind of sound. Go to Nolly. Yeah. Just go to Nolly. Don't go. Don't like. come to like random, like random hundred dollar guy and ask him. Uh, we want you to sound like Nolly. If you don't sound like Nolly, we're not gonna pay you. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You can't expect. Mm. It's like I want you to cook like Gordon Ramsay. Cannot right? Cannot be what? If I if I want to eat something like Gordon Ramsay, only he can cook what? Mm. Just because you follow the recipe doesn't make you Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. So you like, know? in other words, it's like mixing is kind of like uh, it's an art. Yeah, it's an art and style itself. Uh. So it's mm. like kind of like painting. Each painter has his own like painting mm. and his style. So each mixer also got his own style. So you can try to make him like deviate from his normal style, but it will not end up like how he used to. Uh, so, like if you if you're a big Nolly fan and right, you listen to all his mixers, right? The snare just sounds the same. La. Just the <laughs> Nolly snare. La. I mean it's quite characteristic in other mixers. Yeah. So you can't you it's like you can't expect Will Putney to give him that like, to get that snare sound. It's mm. just a Nolly thing, you know. Nolly and Matt Halpern thing. Yeah. Same thing, you can't expect Nolly to mix like Will Putney because Will Putney just mixes that way. You can get close. Like I know Buster was very close to Brian Hood's sound at one point in time when he was like learning how to mix. Oh. Yeah, then he almost snatched his client by the way. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, but then afterwards, he also got his own sound. And then people started going to him for his own sound. Mm-hmm. So it's you I mean you can we you can like show them mixed references, but I mm. I would prefer not to have bands that like insist they want this hundred percent of this band's sound. Yeah. Cause like it's uh, impossible. Uh. Yeah. I mean if you are going to a guy that's new, then maybe because he probably haven't developed skills to get his own sounds yet. Mm. But then for people that's that has been doing like a few years, right? It kind of Got your workflow, you kind of got your sound already. Mm. You kind of know the balances between each element. You know what works, what doesn't work for your workflow. Uh. Mm. Yeah, then you want someone to suddenly stick to a Nolly tutorial on YouTube, doesn't work that way. Uh. <laughs> like sending the, the masterclass to you. Yeah, you, just send me, you... you send me the masterclass, doesn't mean I will become Nolly in one day. <laughs> uh. Right, right, right. Lucky nobody sent me. Uh. Hang. <laughs> okay, I'll send you later. Yeah, so I think the other thing that uh, I want to touch on is also I think sometimes people have this misconception of like the role of the producer, the mixing engineer. Uh, but like for yourself, as you do mixes for your own Sonic Works production, where do you see uh, how 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 does the role of all this like do you just take on the heads of everyone, or how, how does it work? Yep. Usually, what kind of like best come to you? Do they just do recording only, or do they expect you to? Act as the uh, producer role. In- usually they come in, I think they don't really have like their own, actually they, most of them they come in, they, they just want to record their music. Mm. But then, if I hear something is off or if I hear that something can be improved, I will just suggest to them. La. So, I think unknowingly, I will just kind of like put on the producer hair also. Right. So like, I will just mm. tell them, this section, maybe we need to like double track, add another lead and kind of stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then they will just try it. Then they, if they end up liking it, then good lah. If they don't, you can always delete it. Mm. But, but then there there will be there will mm. always be certain bands that are like resistant to change lah. So if for bands like that, I will try not to 
touch their music. Uh. Like, I mean, mm. I'll ask beforehand if I can add stuff or not. Or like if I can make suggestions. If they don't like it, if they are like too attached to their music, I would say, mm. then I will try not to touch the music. I will try to keep whatever they want. Uh. Okay. But like, how far will you go to like, let's say you, you, you really like vibing with this track, mm. but you think like, they, if if you use like some major rearrangement that it will oh. be like even better song. Like, I think so how far f- will you push that? I think so far, I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah. I don't. I, I never experienced that before. I mean, I won't go all out of the way to make them like, like rewrite the whole section. Mm, no. Thing. But what if you got um? Yeah, I, I like personally believe also like the if it's a good song, right? The song will mix itself. Yeah. But if you are given a bad song with bad arrangement, mm. oh. I'm going to just bite the bullet and just okay. I'm just going to do what you want and then. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll give suggestion, but if they say that's the final files I'm getting, then I'll just try to mangle the audio. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I got some files before, like the bass wasn't sustaining enough. It's like EDM shit. La. The mm. bass wasn't sustaining enough, so what I do, I just distort it all. Mm. So it kind of sounds like really eilish. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a few years back. <laughs> so so you have to like kind of like make do with what you have. Uh. Mm. Which actually, I want to lead into like, this whole part. Like, if bands were coming in to record, Mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we would expect them to or we would want them to sort of prepare first before like coming in for record recordings finish your songs first before coming <laughs> in I'm saying this on behalf of everybody recording here in Singapore mm-hmm. there's a very bad habit of people coming in to record <laughs> without finishing your songs right right and number two is change your damn strings <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean you can tell me change your strings but if I See that your string is the same as last week, then <laughs> that's not new. <laughs> you tell me you mm. never play also not new, and it's like two weeks old. Right. Uh, and set up your instruments. Set up. And come in with an open mind. Mm. I think that's what most important. Don't come in like I, I know nowadays like recording very convenient, la, like mm. interface very cheap. DI box very cheap. You can just yeah. record at home. Mm. Right. Then like, what's the point of us anyway? Like, we are here, we are here just to earn your money and kind of stuff. <laughs> but no, don't think that way, you know. You I mean, everybody can record home, but then the difference is, we are outsiders. You all are like kind of like in your own band, so you kind of mm-hmm. got this tunnel vision already. Yeah. And then you'll be like anal to the point where you lost all objectivity. Usually mm-hmm. lah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you all track yourself, you also kind of like, kind of like, messed yeah. up before, right? Yeah, the way around, eh. Whereas really? I track myself, I like, very lazy. Oh, different. So if, like, if I really want to make a record that is yeah. good, I'll probably get someone else to like, check me as well. Oh yeah. Or, like really just, I think the benefit of like, having someone to really push you, is like, yeah, is probably something that they want to have as well. They know like, if they get their friend like, to record, and yeah, I mean, maybe they, you know, your friend John can maybe do it like $50, uh, but yeah. then can your John deliver 10 times the quality? <laughs> I don't think so. And so he, he might not be like willing to like hurt your feelings because you still want to be friends. Yeah. You're hanging out. So it's more like a fun thing. But yeah. I'm, so when you go to like someone who is actually doing this for a living, they also have like their reputation at stake. Lor. Yes. So they have to achieve a certain quality and yes. they have to push. Uh. So that's one of the benefits of like yeah. It's like an outsider perspective. Uh. Mm. If 
all your family member tell you your song very nice, <clears throat> then, but then actually your song's not very nice, then what's the point? Yeah, might so, well have, you must have someone telling you the truth. Uh. Yeah, we are the truth. So your, like my mother always say I'm very handsome. Oh yeah, my yeah. mother also say. I ask internet and like they, they think otherwise. Yeah. Uh. They're like, who the fuck is this idiot? Yes, yeah. Censor that. <laughs> <laughs> but interestingly, you know, like uh, for like Billie Eilish song, I think mm-hmm. she did mention that the bad guy, she let her mom listen. And she, she got quite like. She didn't really like the song lah. Because uh, mm. honestly, that song also it doesn't really have a a chorus per se. Yeah, it's just a It's quite unconventional. Yeah, so that's that also lah. And so speaking on that, like you were saying that actually recording now is quite easy, right? Mm-hmm. You can just in- get interface. But I think not all people know that, or rather, what pre-production is. Mm, yeah, especially that's ironic lah, where the the entry to recording is so low already, but the like if you really go prepare and do pre-production for your songs and everything, it really does help the process. But I don't know what 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 your what's your takes on pre-production. What, what? Uh, it's best to have at least a demo. I mean, I I don't really care if it's like a multi-track pre-pro you do at home or what. Uh, it could be a, like a live jamming thing. I just need an idea of how things sound. Mm-hmm. It's not like I I don't want <clears throat> you to like come into the studio, then you just tell me oh, tempo is uh, 128 uh, I'll just start recording then I'm like right. I don't even know where you're recording I don't even know what I'm recording you know? I don't even know how the song sounds like. uh, so at least give me like a, a reference you know yeah. even even a shitty handphone recording mm. in the middle of the jamming studio is fine Yeah, mm. I just need at least that comes like a pre-pro right? you kind of got this full idea of the song yeah. and then if I listen to it I can kind of tell where to add stuff Mm. where to change stuff better than not having anything mm. right. so shout out to the bands that give me the pre-pro demos yeah, best yeah y'all can record home and I know <laughs> I know who you are you also know who you are and so if you're like lazy to like get like record yourself just go to like Tone House and uh, Tone House request can, to no? get a multi-track recording it sounds like yeah, just jam uh, jam in the room and then yeah. you can just record it's yeah. not like you won't know you're yeah, being recorded also yeah <laughs> You record no and give you the files. No pressure on that. Yeah, because yeah, on that, I think like really the whole song, I was saying before, like the song really makes itself. If you really mm-hmm. get a good song arrangement, you see where are the highs and lows of the song, like really which mm-hmm. part builds up. Then, uh, and, and so hits, mm-hmm. like your breakdowns will really hit yeah. impact. That one really, uh, it's, it kind of really can make, make or break the song. Mm, yes. No amount of mixing can solve. Fix a, a poorly structured song. Yeah, arrangement number one, yeah. songwriting also. I think I want to shout out to like last time we we used to record for uh, we recorded like television songs. Uh-huh. They I personally think they do have really like good song structures, uh, which in itself really will sort of guide how how the mixer will actually want to mix the song. So I think pre production really helps to sort of give a picture, paint a picture yeah. of what you want to achieve first, then then you realize that hey. This part is not hitting hard enough. Mm. You need more layers, accounting, then it kind of helps to prepare the whole portion. La. If you have a demo, it's also not just for like the producer or engineer, it's also for you. Because mm. sometimes you all can just listen back and think about it. Like, is this part going now? This part not going now? Then you can yeah. change. Then you'll record a few versions, you can compare. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Yeah. So actually, all, all there, right? Then uh, I just want to lead into this next part of the question is. Like operating as a home studio, like we also in any production, mm. 
it's kind of like a home studio so it is a home studio la. so but we are, we are we are commercial studio just <laughs> that we are alien, studio. just that we are stuck in small rooms yeah we are <laughs> commercial commer- no better than commercial levels yeah <laughs> so there's this yeah. I guess there's some perception towards home studios but I don't know what, what's the take on like uh, in this day and age having a home <laughs> studio recording the home studio as, okay. as opposed to like really going to a real okay, I won't say real studio but a full-fledged facility oh uh, like yeah. like yeah Typical commercial places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't don't kind of like burn your pocket if you want to record. I mean, you can get you can get good results from home studios. Uh, not gonna lie. I mean, results speak for itself. Uh, Ionics also, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't have to explain much. But sometimes just because a place has gear doesn't mean they are good. So doesn't mean they will fit your product. Uh, mm. And if you have the more gear you have in my experience right the more gear you have the your knowledge on how to use the gear isn't that good mm. because you got so many things right it's kind of like Jack of all trades master of none so you kind mm. of know you got all these colors right mm. so you're gonna use a bit of each mm. but then you don't know how to use each color to its full potential because of how much gear you have yeah. that's what I've experienced most of the time mm, so might as well just go to this guy that has this limited palette but then he knows the tools damn well. Mm. Yeah, so I'm not advocating for home studio recording uh, because it comes with its cons or so uh, like random mm. neighbors hammering and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. But it's cheaper. It's, I would say, less pressuring mm. because more practical also. yeah, more practical, less pressuring. Uh, it's more accessible yeah like sometimes I because commercial studios they take in a lot of work a high volume of work mm. from like commercial work and stuff like that so they might not be able to give you 100% attention also mm-hmm. and I feel like that is one of the more important things like uh, as at least for in Singapore I know they don't really let's say you book a studio a commercial studio record they don't block out this whole date for you so let's say you are gonna do a single right with pre-pro and everything mm. in the US uh, they will actually block out this full date for you mm. then but then here in Singapore they don't do that because of how expensive it is to live here yeah. <laughs> so we have no choice but to take on different jobs uh, then yeah, commercial true. studios so they kind of like overlap each other mm. so your project halfway maybe they got another project yeah. So they cannot give you the 100% attention. Mm. Home studios kind of can give you that attention because our volume of work not that much. Sometimes, I mean sometimes really a lot. But <laughs> most of the the chances of us giving 100% attention is higher. Mm. I know I, I try to focus on one band before I move on to the next. Yeah, so I think that is one of the more important points. Mm. But I'm not sure if like is there any like commercial studio in Singapore that focus focus only on music? Like most is also do like uh, post production and have a TNT oh. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean yeah. other than jamming la. Mm. But I, I don't think there's any other studio that only does music. Like full music. Don't have, right? I don't have. Even yeah. Noivy also they do audio posts and stuff like that. Yeah. Commercials. I mean that's that's where the money is yeah, to the, pay the rent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where the money is. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's, it's a very sad reality. That's why I tell you all don't come into mixing. 
positivity, twenty twenty. Ah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, come into mixing. A lot of money to music. be earned. Music, it's the next finance course. <laughs> yeah, actually, in summary, I think there's uh, home studios do have a part to play in the whole like sort of music production ecosystem, lah. Yeah, it's accessible for mm. more musicians, right? because mm. a lot of musicians are like broke students, uh. Yeah. yeah. So I think like like right now a lot of like like pro mixers they actually like blurring the lines between like uh, oh, yeah. commercial facility and like a home studio. A lot of people can mix on laptops only. Yeah, and so. a lot of them are like 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 pro mixers like they're actually just like moving back into their homes and doing it from their own mm-hmm. homes also. So it's not really a downgrade. I don't don't see it that way. Lor. So it's it's very high upkeep to have a commercial facility. Yeah, and so way more yeah. convenient to actually be doing it from yeah. from home. Uh. A lot of big studios closing down also because of yeah. how expensive it is, uh, electricity mm. bills and everything. And like music budgets is like not going up. Yeah, These are it's not, going down. Labels are not paying more. Yes, yeah. buy your music. <laughs> Pay us. So I guess the, the important message here is like more of know what you want. Like. If you already mm. want acoustic drum sounds like yeah. the, like being recorded in the big room, then of course you need to go rest Yeah, room. and then mm. you have to learn how to tune your drums. Uh. <laughs> A lot of people want to record drums, but they don't know how to take care of their drums. And so, but yeah, I think that's quite okay. Yeah, that's true. Quite controversial. Like, I guess I don't know. Is it, is it a job of an engineer to know how to tune the drums? Or sometimes drummers don't want us to touch the kit. Mm. Right. Yeah, but yeah, it depends. Oh, it's like, but I will say it's the end. Uh, the drummer's job to get the first tuning first, then the engineer go and fine tune. Mm. It's kind of like guitar tuning. Ah. Uh. You know, can't, can't be like the engineer tune for you, right? Actually, I don't tune my guitars. That's how you say tune. shit. I need an Evertune. <laughs> Evertune, sponsor me. <laughs> I'll make sure all my productions use Evertune products. Send me the bass prototype. Yeah, but I get what you mean by like having a... I mean, if you write a song, you, you write it in a certain tuning first before you head to the studio. Yeah. yeah so if a good guitar goes out of tune, like, you will know when to correct it. Yeah. So that's interesting. But I'm sure like, not everyone knows how to actually like tune a drum properly la, so definitely need some ultimate help ultimate drum production <laughs> URM shout out mm. to all the courses yeah that's where knowledge comes from yeah. buy your courses don't buy plugins <laughs> oh but you need plugins you need tools <laughs> yeah so actually with that said right like, um, like after we compare home studios and like actually full fetch studios do you think like so, uh, where do you think you're bring SolidWorks production to like how far do you want to push it to? Is it going to become like a a full-fledged thing? Or are you already full-fledged already? Like nothing missing in your life that you cannot do at the, home? The only thing that I'm missing is I can't track real drums. Uh. Yeah. I think that's the only thing like... I, I'm pretty sure that's that's yeah. the same for you, yeah, right? Yeah, I can do... I can... I'm If you just... Even if you remove my SSL and stuff, like Outbound Gear, I still can do everything on my computer. Uh. Yeah, mm. I mean like... I'm not relying on like any Outbound Gear. I can just improvise. Yeah. Uh. You just need one audio interface you can record. Like, audio interface, maybe maybe a pair of speakers or my IEMs. I don't really need anything other than like place to track drums. So track I don't drums. think I will get a commercial place because that's very high upkeep. If what, I, what do you think about like about having a place where it's like dedicated to just music so people actually can like escape from like a work environment or like uh, the city life that kind of thing. It would I mean, be, like, good, it would be very good to have. Yeah. So it's that put them in a different state of mind. I know some people say like they, they can't they can't scream in like a HTV fat or like at home. Like they, they are too 
too scared uh, to like, do that, that kind of thing. Uh, like, yeah. Like you say, hmm. your, your mother in another room. Uh. Oh. Just she, she hear like Pisces. Yeah. Oh, my mother don't care. My mother like it. Yeah. Last time she hate it, but now she like, eh, hey, nice. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. She say, wow, loud, uh, that person. Like, oh, uh. Okay, uh, not bad. Uh. And, uh, but yeah, it would be good to have like a more affordable place for mm. musicians to like jam, play gigs, record. Uh. Mm. But it's very unlikely to happen unless there's like a market for it. Mm-hmm. Like, if the demand is there, la, like people is people are willing to like pay. And like, I'm being honest, I like, if, let's say, if I were to open a place, right, mm. I'm not doing charity. La. I also have to feed myself, you know. Right. Mm. I have to feed myself. I have to pay rent and bills. La. So, I need to at least earn enough for me to sustain the living and to cover the overhead costs. Yep. So, unless people are willing to pay to cover that, I don't think it's very easy to mm. get into this market. Mm. Mm. But it will be a very good thing to have uh, because right now there is not a lot of places to that, yeah. that does that. Uh. I think we share the same sentiment. Like There's so much value prop for moving from a bedroom to a real space other than mm. to really just have extra space to, or rather, yeah, extra space and so maybe space for you to go louder. Yeah. yeah. And then it's really, everything else you can really just do in the bedroom. Yeah. Even in your own bedroom, so you can just buy interface. Mm. You don't even need us to record. You yeah, record. you can just record and send your tracks over. Yeah, yeah. so I think that's where like, I want to do that. Please send me, <laughs> send me your files. I'm pretty sure I will be happier that way. <laughs> Recording takes a lot of my energy. <laughs> but with that being said, so of course, like the recording part is where yeah. Getting good recording is also important. Uh, so yeah. But a, uh, a lot of tutorials also. But you can always ask, uh, I feel. Yeah, true. It's easy. It will be easy. It will be like kind of like cost savings also. Because mm. we are not factoring the time that we spend on recording. Mm. I'm, I'm sure yeah. recording and editing itself take a lot of time already, right? Yeah. I think that's like 80% I, yeah. of the time. I think editing take up more time than recording, mixing, and mastering combines. Uh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chore to do it. But yeah, just... I, I would say recording on your own and sending it out for mixing is way better. Mm. As long as you don't clip your recordings and it's not too soft, I think it's still uh. okay. La. But Actually, vocals, uh. I, I would prefer to track myself. As long as it's like guitar in tune, then... New strings. New strings, yeah. Yeah. yeah speak on that, maybe you can share like all those pro tips yeah, other than that tips. to like self-produce your own song to get mixed. A very this one a bit subjective huh? because I know a lot of guitarists out there won't listen to me <laughs> you know like guitarists all gear snobs huh? I'm going to offend a lot of people ha 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 it's a fax versus camper no? camper 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 it's a fax camper factor audio shout out factor audio camper actually no. you own both lah, so yeah. but uh, I'm not going to say which one is better <laughs> camper is better okay that's the camper is better <laughs> sorry so production stick eh? do you have that sponginess in your XFX no you sponginess. don't you need the XFX 3 no <laughs> I don't need that that very harsh high end the fizziness is it camper also got a lot of fizz eh? it's not not as digital sounding actually I don't know if I want to go there or not yeah there's a, a podcast on its next, own next episode. Yeah. next episode you need to find someone who is that is like deathmatch already camper <laughs> okay pro tip uh I would say invest in a good interface. You don't have to go like like Apollo that kind of level. Mm. Apollo is like 
way too expensive for most yeah. people. I mean, it's even too expensive for me also. It's like $2,000 yeah. for two China. Two China, right? Which one? Twin. The new twin is like, what, $2,000, right? 1000 plus. Uh. Near 2000 uh, It's like crazy expensive. If you want a good level, into like good entry, not really entry, I would say intermediate level interface, mm. anything Audion. Uh. Mm. A lot of pros using Audion nowadays also. Mm. Joe and Asek, uh, Bo also uses Audion. Yeah, when I upgraded to Audion, the difference was like night and day. Uh. So Audion, the minimum I'll go is the ID14. It's like what? 399 or 499? Yeah. You get two channels mm. and you get the same preamps as the their consoles, I think. And then with that, you got a good guitar, you got good strings, new strings, good cable, right? You basically can try yourself already. Mm. Just make sure you're not clipping. You're not too... Your levels are not too low. Uh, and then play in time, uh. in, in time. tune. Yeah, in, in tune is a, the most. In tune, yeah, in tune. Timing, I still can change, but in <laughs> the tuning, I don't want to. I don't want to melody your guitars, uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did for bass before. Uh. Oh, bass, yeah. bass, okay. Uh. Bass, you can. But then, like, once you play chords, then like. Oh yeah, it, it, it goes like bonkers. Yeah. yeah, the worst is like octave chords. It's like. Oh. Uh, octaves, right? oh, the. You need to tune You need to notes, if yeah. you're playing like things like octaves, right? You yeah. just go and tape the strings that you don't play. Yeah. I yeah. I I go crazy with tape sometimes. Mm. So like, I will go and tape all the strings except for the two strings that you're playing. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of that, I think the the muting technique thing oh, is yeah. Yeah. it's like oh, it's, it, honestly it's a skill in itself to yeah. really know how to mute properly. In the studio it's not like life. Uh. In life you can just get away with a shitty technique, but mm. in studio, right? It gets amplified like 100, 1000 yeah. times. Yeah. It gets so, super loud. So don't be offended if like, like if you're going to a recording engineer and he's every single got hey, a bit of ring, got a ring there. Yeah. I say retake, don't be offended because yeah. we're super anal about the kind of things. Yeah, and some guitars, they, for some reason, they get like metronome bleed. No? Mm. The pickup. Like yeah. Actually, I think like on the sustain, sometimes uh, I can hear that. Yeah. The metronome there I had to go and RX it out. Oh my god. So <laughs> I, mean, one, I think it's just a... by nature that the like the sympathetic resonance I think just, so sometimes I... it's microphone. Yes. Okay. I, I realized one time is uh the guitarist has his phone in his pocket. Oh. Then then I go I keep hearing this like ticking sound like tick 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 tick. I, I thought it's like his watch. Because oh. I can't before like watch you put a bridge there. Uh. The the ticking sound you can hear. But it's a handphone the like you on 3G then you hear the thing. If it's like oh. pick up here, single coin can pick up. Oh. Right? So Easy. don't put your headphone in your pocket if you're checking. Yeah. And so the tuning thing there is like tuning is everything, uh. yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, tuning just tune your guitars like every two mm. takes. <laughs> but the problem is you need a good setup also. Uh, and yeah. you need the right strings to to match the thing. I think yeah. nowadays a lot of bands going lower and lower. Yeah. If you're playing mm. drop A sharp at least, please go for at least like sixty or sixty-two for your low A sharp. Oh, yeah, Evertune. Oh, yeah, Evertune. <laughs> but uh, who sets up Evertune here? Yeah. But actually, everything yeah. is, is quite easy to set up. Yeah. But I thought going larger gauge, you just need the different but, blocks. Oh, so oh. the benefit of everything is you don't need to go like, larger oh, gauge. Shit. Yeah. So you get super light, right? But it's still... But you need to at least reach the tension so you yeah. can hold the spring. Uh. But yeah. You can go really floppy but it's still staying in tune. That's, what, that's the, the benefit. Uh. I Honestly, think I, pers- right. I really hate like yeah. thick strings. I freaking hate the sound of like. Oh my my drop C is like twelve to sixty yeah. Sixty, 60 yeah. Wow. <laughs> twelve. <laughs> to me, it sounds too dead. 
want yeah, I want changing it to drop a shop uh, since most oh. bands track that now. Yeah. I really just can't stand the like mm-hmm. the the loss of brightness in like the strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I track this, it's like quite dull la, but because mm. it holds the tune. <laughs> it holds the tuning lah. Yeah. Just yeah. uh YouTube it. YouTube your string gauge or Reddit. Everybody gives you good guides. <laughs> <laughs> on Reddit, really? Yeah, yeah Reddit. Reddit got got some forums they ask they for recording what gauge to use. Uh-huh. Like drop A shot or what, then they'll tell you certain numbers they usually go to. Or you just uh-huh. go and find those Ask Me Anything mm. from also those big bands. Like, uh, yeah. like Wage War. I know Wage War uses like 80 on the drop A sharp. 80? Yeah, <laughs> drop A sharp. So you, when you oh, watch the play through, the, the string doesn't move. Man. Yeah, I think that's like a string. string really. okay, Tuning. Vocals, try to get other people to track if you can't track yourself. But mm. if you can, right, just get something like SM7B because this one is the safest. Don't get a condenser, especially if your room is like yeah. reverb. Very, very, a lot of echoes are not treated. Mm. Yeah. SM7B, you can literally hold the mic. Just mm. don't cup it. Yeah. <laughs> the safest bet. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can't afford SM7, just get like a... No, just get a 58. Yeah. yeah. Put a pop filter or something. Mm. I mean, Lamb of God didn't have a pop filter on it, but... Yeah. He still did it. He just hold a mic and just sing. Scream into it. Nice. And so, for guitarists out there, Big Heart. Yeah, Big Heart. Don't pussy pick. <laughs> like, Big Heart also need to pick properly. Yeah. Not be enjoyed. Like, I realize... If I just tell guitarists to just pick hard and they'll just pick until it's like oh, you pick the first string like like, super hard and the rest is like yeah. they'll like dig into the string but then it's not actually pick hard. Yeah, so yeah. I like to give the energy it's like it's like a slap. Like you need to slap and like you don't slap and like push the string away. Then it's like uh, don't don't like kind of like push the yeah, string like that, you know. Don't displace the string and just so like, like, like need to be like a fast snap. So it's like, 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 like a ninja or a samurai kind. Yeah. Fast. Pick attack, it's called attack. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like attack the string. Uh who's that? Sam Pira, is it? Mm-hmm. This is like he actually does get guitarists to play just a, a, just monitor the DI sound. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's I should really do that. force them to really. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. yeah. So if like the DI don't sound good, actually if the DI don't sound good with the like the whole other song or the instruments, then actually the guitar track wouldn't really yeah. sound but, interesting. But the downside of that is like you can't hear the noise or but because he has ever tuned so he can do that. Most bands here don't don't have ever tune. So if they pick high, it's just gonna go out of tune. Mm. Actually, like uh yeah, John Brown. He does say that he he personally has like a course or something that, that sort of teaches you how to it's a skill also like, to pick hard and also to sort still stay mm. in tune. I think it's all relative where if you just pick high, right, everything should be out of tune together. All the strings. Uh, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it should be that way, lah. So it, all relatively out of tune, at least it will go sharp for the starting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Initial attack after mm. you solve. It goes back in tune. Uh. Yeah. 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 So when you Correct. tune your guitar also, just tune to the part that you're playing. So tune, Yeah, tune to the pick attack uh, basically. Yeah. If you're playing like refish it. Refish it, then you just pick constantly yeah. at tune. And pick at the, the same intensity. Don't, don't go like then you play the control. Because some people the the their their palm is all like mean mean riffing machines, but then sometimes they tune like So it's not a game of trying to get the Line to be in the center. You're supposed to actually tune it to how you're gonna play. Like. Yeah. So don't be afraid to actually make it go out. Yeah. Because if you pick soft, right, and then it stays in the middle, it's in tune, right? But then yeah. if you pick it's high, it's just gonna to go. Yeah, it's just gonna go. 
Oh. Pro tips. Pro tips. And get a fret wrap. Fret wrap saves life. Yeah. Graph gear. Can I just get like tissue papers again? Oh. Yeah, you like the <coughs> painter's tape more. Yeah. Mm. <coughs> okay, I think moving on. Uh, just want to touch on this last thing before we move on to the next segment. How long? Like, uh, about one hour, I think. Is it one hour? I have no idea. <laughs> but basically, like, like yeah. okay, it goes back to that whole home studio perception thing. Mm-hmm. And like recording in this day and age, like there are some uh, sort of audio sacred cows that like used to be passed on from, from like last time, like, or like, uh, I believe like, like there's, there's a wisdom that say, oh, sometimes EQ, you need to do like subjective EQ, that kind of oh, thing. I, I, and don't I mix with headphones, yeah. that kind of thing. These days, now, I, I don't know, is there any like, you want share any that you think that? Oh, like recent ones? Yeah. Oh, have, have. <coughs> the best is, Spotify normalizes to minus 14 LUFS, so don't master too loud. <laughs> uh, that's bullshit. Everybody's still loud as shit now. <coughs> I'm getting louder, so I don't care. I'm afraid to admit that I actually did one mix, where I just mastered to minus 14. <laughs> what a bullshit. Yeah. The, the softest I went was like minus 9. Yeah. And he I think I think it was already quite loud to the band. Uh. Mm. Oh. Yeah, but uh, usually I go to like minus five LUFS. Minus mm. four. But they do say like I don't know how true lah. They say if you if your music go above minus two, like if you put the, the limiter. Thing, yeah, above threshold. minus two then uh-huh. their algorithm will not process it as well. Uh. That's oh. what they claim lah. It doesn't matter as the music. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it, as long as it sounds like music, <clears throat> it's music. Huh? Mm, I, yeah. I don't really care about numbers that much. It's just guidelines. Just because Spotify normalizes to minus 14 doesn't mean it's good for your music. Mm. You know? Like most of the things that we do is like metal, right? Mm. Metal it needs the intensity, right? Yeah. Then there's only a certain intensity that comes with pushing your limiters. Yeah. Like if you're gonna have it dynamic, it's not gonna have the same impact mm. as if you push it up. Yeah. Mm. I also feel like what's the place for a finished mix to like a demo is actually like the, the, the yeah. pushing and the squashing of the whole track. So if you're you're making like a demo, you definitely have that a lot of that timing range. Right? Mm-hmm. So only, only when like a mastered track you hear that it's getting squashed, you feel that it's like a finished product. Yeah, it just pushes everything forward. La. Yeah, it's like, not part of the finished song. Like, like normally like your mix itself, right, the snare will definitely poke out. Uh. Mm. The snare will just be like the most annoying thing ever. But then in the after the mastering, right, usually it just sits in nicely already. Mm. Or if your snare is too soft in the mix, then it's just gonna get lost in mastering. Yeah. Uh. That's the first thing that gets gone. Then mm. guitars will be the loudest thing next. Guitars yeah. will just come on in volume. Well, I remember you you go watch the new real partner near the mix. Yeah. With snare and kick hitting a limiter, like yeah. whoa. Minus nine. Yeah. Minus nine. <laughs> So like, imagine without the limiter is so so yeah, much man. in your face. So yeah. no rules. Last time last time I was stupid, I went to the internet and they tell me cannot boost or cut more than 3 dB. <laughs> so I did that shit. Eh. Then I thought I can bend the rules a bit, so I put like 5 EQ doing 3 3 3. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was smart. Yeah, I know I was stupid. Then I saw internet say boost 600 hertz on snare for the extra smack. Yeah. I boost 600 hertz. Wow, sounds like shit. Eh. I thought it sounded good. <laughs> Stupid. Because the internet said so. Yeah, internet is always right. Yeah. Like us, we are always right. Yeah. But trust us. Don't trust. 
Which yeah, so that's that lah. I think sacred. Huh? What about like the he- headphone earphone mixing thing? I mean, oh. just got this beautiful. Oh, shout out the shit. Eh? URM. Oh, you got the yeah. URM logo. Right? Yeah. Wow. If you use the student discount, you get the URM logo one. Oh, oh they force you to have it. Yeah. If you don't want it. Uh, I eh? Can request? I don't know. I think only customs can change. Oh. The universal, they all made like that already. Uh-huh. Yeah. So one side is URM, one side is the Empire. Oh, okay. But, uh, I used to mix, okay, before I changed to Amphians, I was using MSP5 and NS10. Then back then, because uh, if for those that don't know what NS10 is, right, NS10 is like the shittiest piece piece of speakers you can never buy. Uh. The white cone in the black box. Uh, the, the original white cone in the black box, not the not the, oh, the like CLA-10. Uh. <laughs> uh, but it was like super mid-rangey but the good thing about them is because they are closed box so their transient response is very good. Uh. And I use those for mixing along with my sub-pack. So the sub-pack takes care of the subs uh, for me. And then because I get fatigued so fast right? then I can't really tell if I'm mixing correctly or not. So I oh. Back then, I trust my headphones more than the NS10s. Uh. Uh. So, I I don't really hate headphones. There is a place for them, but I won't rely 100% on them unless I'm forced to. Mm. So, like, if I really can't trust this pair of speakers, then I'll just get a headphone that I trust. Mm. Just put them on there. I know already. La. But let's say, like, you get a choice to choose, like, a 5000 monitor and a untreated, badly sounding room versus Shit. a $1,000 headphone. Oh. oh my god, that's a very tough choice. Uh, I think I was just speakers. Uh. Really? Okay. I, I can monitor soft. Monitor soft. But then the room was still there. Just soft. I just put the speakers at it. <laughs> Near few yeah. speakers. Headphones, uh, headphones. But I think I think I'll just still choose speakers. Uh. Speakers to mix on. Uh. Yeah, speakers will be my first choice. Uh. Unless I really, really no choice, then I'll just get IEMs. Uh. Mm. IEMs then? Uh. Because headphones kind of. Uh, so far, my headphones, I they all lack in something. And I don't like Sonar works on them. Mm. I kind of like dial things up too much then I make things brighter than they should. Mm. Yeah, true. Yeah, so just get a good pair of IEMs or like this Empire Yes. Yeah. Shout out. This yes, uh, discount code. Uh... Join URM. <laughs> Be a student. Be a student today. It's like a very controversial thing. Actually, I like a lot of my sort of hobby mixes, I just mix on like a Dell computer speaker. Okay, what? It's actually it's like, like one it's way. Like, it doesn't sound... The speakers... I know the speaker sounds... Uh-huh. I know how it sounds... So I actually know how... To get like... Sort of mixes in the ballpark... Yeah. With that speaker la. Yeah, that's the so most actually, important thing right? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, you have to, know, you have to know what you're mixing on la. Yeah, so... Yeah. So the, the... Having good speakers is one also la, But also if you know the speakers very well... Yeah. I think that really helps also. Like that, when... Uh, but then yeah. when we first got like the... We just changed our speakers to Adams... Yeah. From a Yamaha... Then like wow the can translate right? yeah the, the being, being like so foreign actually the the mixes that just came off that that set of speakers sounded pretty bad la, on hindsight so that's that you have to know la, know your speakers are your medium well and then mm. uh just because you got good speakers doesn't mean your mixes will instantly be good like you take mm. time la. then yeah lor. And like the NS10s also is like the same concept as using crappy mm. speakers. Right? If you can make things sound good on crappy shit, that means it's better mm. on better shit. Uh. Also, 
that's why people say it's in the stands and the what's that cube thing called? The mixed mix cube. Yeah, mixed cube. Yeah. So know your know your speakers. Mm. But buy good speakers, I don't buy the cheap ones first. Uh. <laughs> if you want just invest if you if you got the budget for like like a medium like kind of like a like a middle ground, right? Just mm. go for that. Don't don't chip out and just buy like the cheapest HS five or what. Yeah. Just buy like somewhere in the middle dine audio or something. Uh, yeah, just buy something you can afford that is within your range. Mm. That is at least something decent. Don't don't like buy cheap and then upgrade like two years down the road. Yeah, that's just, one of the just buy expensive, not not expensive lah. Uh, buy slightly something that you know you will upgrade to in the future. Mm. Just make one good investment. And just use it. <clears throat> mm. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's about it for the at least the, the sacred cows that needs to be killed. There's probably more lah, but yeah. just but I hate I hate all the all the loudness things ah, but I don't, I don't care. I just make loudness things separate things ah. Small is back. Yeah. it's never been gone. Yes, it's never gone. <laughs> it's, never gone. <laughs> it's never gone. You go to Spotify, go settings. You can just turn off the loudness normalization. Oh, you can't turn off on YouTube. Though. I uh, YouTube never mind. <laughs> I, all, all the loud ones sound the same anyway. Yeah. Because the thing about YouTube is they don't turn up the softens. Yeah. So if you yeah if your music is soft, you lose out. Uh. Yeah, that's right. And and if you think about like if you if you want your music like for the pop side, right? Mm. If you want music to be played at like venues outside, right? Like for road shows and stuff like that, right? Mm. Then if your music is comparatively softer to like other pop stuff, right? Mm. Then it doesn't catch as much uh as mm. much attention, right? Yeah. So like example, if Billy I know Billy I stuff also quite loud. Right? Then suddenly your stuff right is like minus fourteen. Then go to your <laughs> next song. Then you cannot hear your cannot yeah, hear yeah. what your song is right, right. about. So my so I just make everything loud. <laughs> Loudness wars. Right. Okay lah. So with that, I just move to like this. Uh. So just recommendation portion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like any like sort of. Uh, gear acquisition that you've gotten in the past year or so that really has I don't know oh. been a game changer for you. Number one is Amphians. Speakers, ah, uh. Yeah. It's the most important thing, ah. Uh. uh change how I mix now. But the first one, two months I got it, it was like utter shit. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't right. know how it should sound, you know. Right. Mm. And then uh afterwards I got Sonarworks, so it was another adjustment uh adjustment period. Uh-huh. So but then now I kind of got the hang of it already. And so I would say monitoring Number one, number two is camper. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> camper, 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 camper. camper. Yeah. What kind of camper? Camper or like just M Sims in general? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know about y'all, but sometimes M Sims, right? I can hear the DI bleeding through. Oh, is it? Yeah, like yeah. like especially on single riff stuff, right? I can kind of hear that that DI in the background. Like even for the high gain tones. Yeah, mm. I don't know if it's a programming thing or what lah, but. Like, I kind of annoyed at that lah. Oh. So I try not to use M Sims. Mm, even with like the neural. Yeah, I got it. I got it. One of, I think one of the, the ones I got it was from the Will Pony one. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard the bleed, then I'm like, okay, I cannot unhear it already. Yeah, then Camper, a bit troublesome sometimes uh, if you got a lot of guitar tracks. Mm. Or like, if you re-amp and then the band don't like, then you have to re-amp again. Mm. So. Depends on the band also lah. Mm. Sometimes like MC more. MC sound very good nowadays are not like the olden days. It sounds yeah. like crap. Hot crap. farm. Shout out to Hot farm. farm. <laughs> Kelly Diamond Plate. <laughs> Joy Sturgis Tones. Chengu. Presets. 
Oh, don't buy presets because presets don't work. <laughs> the preset, you must have the exact same gear and the exact same player before you sound the same. Yeah. Presets are lie. Uh, any gear that you are guessing for? Or like rather wishing that in the wish or wish list now like for mm. to purchase in the new future or something? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm more, more or less satisfied. But if I can buy something, it might be something for a master bus. Uh. Maybe <laughs> an EQ or something. EQ. But other than that, or maybe just a Distressor 1176 yes. for vocal mm. tracking. KT76. Oh, KT76. 300 bucks. <laughs> it's like 200 plus. Oh, 200 plus. It's cheap. Nice. But nice. the metering is whack is it yeah there's like 5 dB off what <laughs> on some units so like to, 5 dB too little or too 5 dB much? I think 5 dB too much oh okay I don't know it depends on unit one uh. China mm. <laughs> clock tech yeah I think also recently like we just saw uh, Evertune actually posing a teaser about their new Evertune base bridge yeah so yeah personally we are for me I'm quite a fan of Evertune uh, so we actually have like 3 Evertune guitars now give so, me one ah uh. If you want yeah, to sell you one. Oh, actually, I want to get like, the Mark Holcomb. Well, actually, I messaged them. Uh, the Mark Holcomb 7 string. Uh-huh. They said they released like, maybe this this quarter, I think. Ooh. So if that's out there. But really, Evertune has been like, for us, a game, quite a game changer in like, guitar yeah. tracking. Because mm. you really don't have to think about tuning. It's, yeah. it's, it's just... Yeah. Is it, you, as a guitarist also, like, and also a producer, you just want to be focused on getting a text. Uh. Yeah, mm. correct. It, limiting that one aspect of tuning has been... Just so much of time saver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, when guitarists come in now, instead of like worrying, like, they need to pick hard and they pick hard and go out of tune. Now I can just try and just pick oh, hard. Yeah, I got the zone. Right. Yeah. So that's that. But the, the only downside I can think of is the, it thins out the sound, no? compared to like normal. Mm. normal. I haven't really did a scientific test yet, but I yeah. think, but I know I a lot of people, of... They, they prefer the thin out, like, like they, they rather mm. cheat do that trade-off. Trade off, yeah. right? So, I know Jeff Dunn prefers the Evertune. Yeah. yeah. One thing you notice is that Evertune definitely got a lot shorter sustain. Yeah. Like, less, you less hold, body. Yeah, like, lead notes don't ring out as well. So, we just use like normal guitars for like lead stuff. Get the gym root. Gym root, a lot of body. Gym root, anything gym root, right? The body is heavy as hell, yeah. man. <laughs> that must try. Other than that, I don't think we got much. Do you have any like, like productivity plugins or stuff that that you must have on, like for editing or like tuning I don't have yeah. editing just give me a reaper I can edit anything <laughs> like revoice this kind of thing oh uh, I'm not that big on vocal line now unless it's for singing uh. mm. screams are usually I just manual quantize or or I manual step edit uh. but if plugins I would say the most important thing mm. Slate VMR. VMR? Yeah. Any specific module? Don't have eh. But I think the 1176 and Distressor. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why I need hardware. VTM? Uh, I don't use VTM. I got soft VTM. tube tape now. Oh. Oh. oh upgraded. Up. <laughs> upgraded. Only, th- only 20 plus dollars I think I buy. Is it? Plug in Fox. Is it a lot better or just like... It's different okay, flavor. It's, it's cleaner. Softer. It's cleaner. cleaner. Not as meat heavy, yeah. The the VTM is like, what full on colored, yeah. Mm. The uh, softy one is way cleaner and less CPU also. Mm, I see. Yeah, and that 
I don't really think I got other plugins because if I don't have VMR, I can't do any vocal stuff. Wait, oh, so my vocal mixers live with VMR. Shh, my secret. <laughs> I see yeah. presets. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you my presets. Final Are you gear like oh music? Eh? Are you? Do you have any? What kind of music are you like? Are you listening day to day now? Oh, I don't even listen to music now. <laughs> if you work on you music, music yeah. you can't get sick of music. Do you listen to music for research purposes? Oh, have ah. Just listen to... Uh, in Any general, I just listen to like... You know, all the hardcore bands or I listen to pop stuff or... Uh-huh. Like, you know, Billie Eilish, that kind of vein. Uh. And then I like, listen to like hardcore or metalcore. Mm. Just find random playlists. Uh. Then I jam there, I, I listen to good... Like if, if I feel the mix is good, I'm just going to find out who did it. Uh. Uh-huh. That's how I found out about... Uh, like Will Putney and stuff like that. Uh. Then mm-hmm. kind of like evolve... Yeah, that's how I found about uh, Alpha Wolf also. Alpha I just remember like going through this like I forgot it's a hardcore metalcore playlist and Black Mamba, Mamba yeah. is like super loud. Actually the super loud thing is what, what like takes me off like wow this song like really stick out from the rest. Yeah, then all his stuff now is like louder than usual. <laughs> Everything popping up. Man. Any recommendations on like local or regional bands to, to plug? Mm. Or any bands that you maybe have worked with that deserve some love? Actually all Deserve the love, eh? I don't feel like any particular band should stand on top. I think everybody <laughs> should just they shout know, everyone. share share the love. Share the love. If you work with me before, or you want to work with me, ah, uh, you deserve the love, lah. Right, right, right. Nice. No, I mean everybody's working hard in their own ways, ah. Uh. Mm. Just don't be a dick, ah. Uh, in this, yeah, this, especially yeah. Yeah, you said all the music scene so small. Yeah. <laughs> be a dick, everybody know, the news is, Yeah, the news is like all around. Don't offend people. Don't offend. Sometimes you offend that one person. That one person can like ruin your life, man. <laughs> Pro tip. Pro tip. Health tip. Okay, I also don't really anything. Is there any like regional local bands to plug? I mean, don't have eh. The only recent band I got into is Stan and Lenting. I don't know why it's so late that I found it, but yeah, some pop punk band from Australia. Actually, now Australia really killing it. Uh, they're just producing all the good bands. Oh, have uh shit. There's this band called Loon, L U N E. Australian also. Like kind of like Alpha Wolfish. Was it? They they got Buster the mix. Ooh. And it sounds heavy. Loon. Okay. Go, go find the song Manipulator, I think. Manipulator. Right, wow. sick. The the new mix from Buster also them sick. Yeah. But all his mixes sound the same lah. Kind all the drums all sound the same. Most the buster sound. sound. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a taste thing lah. It's guess, a buster like, sound. Like you like the snare to be like, wow, this Tony oh, Hertz kind of thing yeah. after that smack yeah. top end. I know, I know the samples he uses. Uh, so <laughs> if you want it, uh, I sell you. Uh. I sell you the info. It's not cheap. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, really. You don't custom make them, eh? No, no. He, he used some uh, widely available product. Oh. <laughs> oh that you or me might Idea. own. <laughs> okay, okay. I heard, he's, I heard he's near the mix mix so really got his song yeah he always used the same samples template uh. yeah. right click drum template the, the his symbols also he always used the same library uh, symbols also yeah that specific library I don't want the name I'm gonna sell it sell the info yeah. maybe we, we can check out the Sonic Works production web store maybe the, you can see oh, it's, 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 it's down for a while because of weeks but uh, oh. if you want you can just message me lah yeah. Okay, okay. DM 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 me DM me what's your Instagram handle 
Sony Works Production. <laughs> okay, I think that that's all kind of wrap up for the recommendation. But do you want to do the the game segment? Shit, I'm do separately. Okay, okay. Yeah, so so I guess that brings us to the end of this like sort of podcast. If you're going to get recommendations for like future guests to bring on this podcast, uh, you see that up on like Instagram lah. Yeah, or just drop a comment on YouTube or something. Yeah, and also got we also need more recommendations on like local bands and regional bands that y'all think are cool lah. Mm, just yeah. shout out your band also can. Don't pay Yeah, yeah. We check it out. What kind of bands you want? Any bands? Any good music? Yeah, pop, uh, rock, hardcore, metal. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I think unique also. Like stand out from the crowd one. Yeah, I also give guess some guess recommendations. So you got yeah. any interesting personalities? You can just hit us up and try to get in touch. Will Putney. Will Putney. Yeah. You get Will Putney on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, he's on the other podcast here. before. Fly him here. Fly him here. Oh, a bit. Okay, no budget lah. <laughs> if you want to donate to us, it's okay. <laughs> hey, just um, hint, hint, sponsors. Sponsors. Uh, oh, yeah. sponsors maybe. Shout sponsors. out to potential sponsors. Uh, Cake walk. <laughs> ben that. We're using Shure microphones, yeah. as you can see. Authentic SM7B, Beta 58A, <laughs> SM58. What's the first size of Authentic? Yeah? Uh, and then we're using, oh, it's not fake, it's not the China fix. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, we have on stage mic stands, very sturdy. Shout out to Little Music for it. <laughs> nice. Oh, and Camper at the back. Uh, audio Technica headphones. Empire ears. <laughs> okay, I think that's about it. Right, see y'all. I don't know, next week. Peace.